Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hello, Nerdy Show listeners. Guess what? You're listening to the Nerdy Show. Uh, I just told you that. <laughs> you must be pretty smart. Well, you're listening to the Nerdy Show, so keep listening. Or not. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap, and this week, things got fucked up. What I mean by that is that due to a scheduling hiccup and all the myriad crazy things going on, we can't bring you the episode that we plan to bring you today, so instead, we've got another two-pack of microsodes. Unexpected, but at no real cost, because we have two microsodes smashed together here, which I think you will find quite the delightful bite-sized podcast programming. Microsodes are where we talk about something that you want us to talk about for 15 to 30 minutes. We're a listener-supported podcast, and all you dear listeners make this podcast and the rest of the shows in the network possible. And every time the cumulative donations pass a $100 mark, the person who pushes us over the edge, they get a microsode. They decide what we'll talk about for 15 to 30 minutes. First up, we're going to be talking about Mech Warrior, And then, we're going to be talking about Nerdy Show's favorite meldings of science fiction and fantasy. This past weekend, we had our nerdy show, Kyle McLaughlin Movie Marathon, where we watched 12 hours of films and television, all featuring actor Kyle McLaughlin. We watched a few episodes of Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, Dune, the extended cut, even though it's not David Lynch's preferred version of the film, so much so he took his name off of it. Justice League New Frontier, where Kyle McLaughlin voiced Superman, and also 1994's live-action Flintstones movie. It was quite the event from noon to midnight. We weren't certain that we were going to be able to do it, so we kind of announced it a little bit late, but even still, we had an an incredible number of people on the stream watching the films along with us joining in with us in the commentary and we had an absolute blast looking forward to more movie marathons in the future with you guys and thanks to everybody for coming out over at nerdy show we're getting things in gear for uh, the gauntlet of heroes con followed by e3 at heroes con we're going to be moderating some panels i'll be there Aaron will be there, Eric and Brian from Flame On, also Tony, and uh, we're going to be moderating the panels for Dark Horse, Image, one of their cover panels, Kickstarter, Green Lantern, and also I will be hosting the Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts panel with our very own Brian Clevenger and Atomic Robo co-creator and artist Scott Wegner. So if you live anywhere near Charlotte, North Carolina, you should head on over because it is going to be a blast. And then I'll be flying off to Los Angeles from Charlotte to meet up with our live producer, John Laval, Brandon, Jonna, and Matt 
where we're going to be covering E3. We'll be streaming along with you guys during all the major press conferences, including Xbox, EA, Sony, and others, and also getting coverage from the floor with interviews and hands-on stuff, offering up a perspective that you're not going to find anywhere else because... Most people who cover E3 simply don't cover it like we do. They don't look for the same under-the-radar sort of games, and they don't ask the same sort of nerdy fan questions that we do. So if you've got something you'd like us to look out for, just post at the E3 page on the Nerdy Show forums. There'll be a link to it on this episode's page. You'll hear more from me later, but right now, let's talk about MechWarrior. Hey guys, welcome to another Nerdy Show Microsode. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Tony, why not? I'm Brandon. I'm Jonna. I'm Luke. And this microsode, we're going to be talking about MechWarrior and the Battletech universe. Ah, yes, the yeah. MechWarrior, where the ancient rabbis of days gone by would attack their enemies with matzo balls. I love Mecha Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you're, you're Jewish. Is that is that prejudice? Is he being anti-Semitic? What is that? Is the answer to your question is possibly. <laughs> this- Don't you talk down <laughs> on what I'm saying, son, or I'll kill you with a dreidel. Okay, Jewish people invented robots, hence the golem, so it's only natural that Mech Warrior would be the natural evolution of the golem. Done! I made that that connection. It works now, okay. <laughs> this microsode was requested by Trench88, and the rec- it had requested hosts. You know, this is something you can do with the microsodes. You can decide which host you want to lead the discussion, which can either be humorous or disastrous, depending on the circumstances. Usually disastrous. Um, or yeah, some, or some, both of those. Yeah, possibly. The requested hosts were Brandon and Luke. I don't know why. Yeah, neither does anybody at this table. Okay. We are we are like C-list on this in this show. I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. but Depending on the episode, you're definitely A-list on the Pokemon episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your guys' relationship with MechWarrior or Battletech? We're, well, our status on Facebook has changed to open. <laughs> so that's my <laughs> relationship. No I was wondering about that. What's going on there? Yeah, so we're... we're are you getting inside other, other people's cockpits? We, we, oh, yes, we are. Just the tip. So, okay, well, I want to ask Luke. Luke, you downloaded uh, MechWarrior online, did you not? I did when it went free to play, or when it came out. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still free to play. Yeah, you just had to buy stuff. So what? Yeah, you can, but what, you can also earn in-game money to use instead, which takes a hell of a lot longer. What was your experience oh, yeah. when you first started playing the game? Uh, I don't know if I've told this story on the show yet, but I'm going to tell it. Please. Uh, I, was, I got into the mech. I started charging towards the enemy. I fired everything all at once because that's what I like to do. <laughs> and then my mech started overheating, and then my laptop overheated and shut down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very realistic game. So it was life imitating art. Yes. It was. The, the game itself is gorgeous, but my comp- I have to put my laptop on top of a box fan in order for it to run it. So I haven't had the chance to play it very much. Have I'm you not attempted with a freezer? Just to put the laptop yeah, in a freezer. I, I really, I want to work out this thing where I put my laptop inside of a dorm fridge and just have a monitor on top of it. I feel like <laughs> I could achieve supercomputing. So, you know, I, the reason I suck at Mech Warrior, maybe you do too, I don't know, is because I also like to fire all of my weapons at once. Yes. There's, there's no way to not overheat. So what I did was you can spend real money buying these awesome mechs, mm-hmm. but you can also just play the game a lot, earn the money yourself, and buy it. So I, I spent like 30 hours saving up for this one mech that can move like 70 miles an hour and has two lasers, right? But it has enough spots for like 12 lasers. So I put 12 of the strongest lasers I can on it, as many heat sticks as possible. He ends up only being able to move to like 20 kph. So he's like moving one foot and then mm. landing and then one foot. But when I see an enemy, I fire all at once and I usually miss. And then my heat gauge goes up, and then I shut down for a second, and then, and then I power back up, and then fire that again. And that's, awful. that's fun for me. I like it, because when I do hit someone, they're like, holy shit, my arm blew off. And actually, yeah. my, my only experience with MechWarrior, really, I've downloaded MechWarrior online, but I haven't had a chance to really it's sink into fun. it. It's fun. 
I believe it, but I used to play the older versions of the game, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing because this was right when I was getting into PC gaming. So yes, my, would, my first experience was with MechWarrior 2. Is it the same for you? Yeah. I believe so. I have no idea what number was attached to it. All I remember one. is Do you remember walking the Star around. Wolves and the Jade Falcon? Yes. No. All I remember, and I remember walking around, having no idea how to do things, eventually figuring out how to fire, running out of ammunition, and then being shot by everybody else I was playing with. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so yeah. it, was a, it was an excellent metaphor for what to expect in my life going forward, where I blow everything that I have and get ridiculed for it. But it was, it, I got in love, I just fell in love with the mechs, with the idea oh, of Oh, the, the customization and everything is brilliant. I, I never actually played it online until the online one, uh, which is great. It's wonky, and it's got some bugs, and the menu layout is weird. But it's a really fun game when you get it working. It was one of those where that kind of led into, for me, liking Armored Core down the line, which is a yeah, simplified version of it in a It's way. like... Oh, it's like Mech Warrior, but you can just play it with a gamepad, and there's not and that many controls. And you can see it in the third person, where that's like, oh boy, I'm wa I'm playing anime. And look, I put I put like paint on mine, and I can see it. You know? Yeah, it was actually fun. those two games provide a good kind of contrast between the two types of mechs that you see and stuff. Which is there's the 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 east let's call it eastern and western eastern mechs, which are like Gundams, and they're really nimble and fast. And the Armor Core mechs are the same. And then you have your mech, your BattleTech universe mechs, which are more like tanks, and they function like that. They're big, slow, and they can be pretty fast, but they're mostly slow and clunky. Yeah, they have like laser swords. They in operate armor core. like they operate like giant machines. Giant, hmm. yeah, exactly. Hmm. Which is fun. Which that is are also about, warriors. Kind of what yes. I've liked about it since Mech Warrior Two is it felt it feels like driving a giant machine that you have control over all these different subsystems, and you can shut the whole thing down to make your heat go down, or you can power it back up and it's really it's i, I do love that in the online the new online game is that you can if you see a shit ton of enemies there's this thing called like spotting where you if you target an enemy for long enough the rest of your team can see it but if you like power down you can you know you can shut down wherever mm -hmm. they can't see you and i've waited like in like behind a tree for enemies to come by me <laughs> and then i power up and shoot like all 12 of my lasers sometimes i blow up because my <laughs> mech can't handle it and i just lose like my leg and stand there but sometimes i hit them and they're like what the fuck and then all their friends kill me but it was great for that one second where they didn't know i was behind them and i love it i just you, I'm, you I'm, jump jets too. I'm trying to picture a tree large enough for a mech to hide behind in yeah, anything other than a, we'll just say we're in redwood trees no i'm picturing like a sapling at this point with your mech kind of huddled behind it going oh boy don't look over here george you can actually grab it and move with it so it like you just as a tree moving with lasers coming out of it absolutely oh so. it's like the they just look like cherries when you're warming yeah. up the, the only thing i don't like about the game is MechWarrior has still never done the thing where you can just get out. I want it so you, you can just a, get out. A, an escape I just want, I just want so you can get out and start running on foot. And then what would you do? I don't know. Get squished. You could pull a Luke and shoot a grappling hook up with a grenade. I just, I just want and to be able to jump out. cut out the balls of an at You would just get shot yeah. instantly, but I think it would be fun. <laughs> and, and the landscapes are really big, so... Yeah, that was another... I remember MechWarrior 2. shoot for miles away. Trying to find people. That was... An adventure. Well, th this one, you can definitely find him. Um, has anyone played the one for Super Nintendo? Because that one was amazing. And yet, the the wolves or whatever the hell they were called in the Jade Falcon were in that one. So I don't know if it was just like kind of like a remake of the second game, but not as good. But <laughs> it was fucking great. When you shot enemies, they turn orange. That's all I remember. <laughs> the Super Nintendo, it's not, there's no realistic damage. Everything was like 2D. 2D sprites that kind of move. So it's like you'd shoot them and then go, oh no, citrus! It would, like, it would be like that, it would be like the Ninja Trolls arcade game where the more you shoot something, the more orange it would blink until it like blows up. <laughs> it was a port of the second game, not the first one? I don't know. Because the remember. first one came out in 89. I just so. remember the wolves and the Jade Falcon and Luke said that was from the second. Ah. Uh. Right? 
They could have um, been also in the first. I haven't played the first. It is Mine's actually just in from Wikipedia. It is actually based on the original Mech Warrior. Yeah, I figured it would because I mean the first one was just all pixely graphics, so it would yeah. make sense that they ported it to Super Nintendo. John knows a lot about stuff <laughs> and junk. And things. And things. Uh, uh, something that's interesting to note is that MechWarrior, the games, were originally uh, an Activision property, but uh, the new uh, MechWarrior Online that everybody's... that was free to play, by the way, so it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's done by Piranha Games. And we all know we, what they've made. Right. Piranha <laughs> Double D's and movies. They actually, they're the guys behind Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> um, you know what? Actually, it's unfortunate. Ignore that. What, what did they do? Because I know Gearbox took that over. What, what was their part in that? The, they're the developer. That's, that's, was that that's what Wikipedia well, says. Okay, Gearbox to be it? fair, there were like 15 different developers for Nuke. <laughs> Nuke Dukem! <laughs> oh, that's that's which would have been a better game? <laughs> Nuke Dukem. Nuke Dukem. <laughs> Put him up! Um, so let's talk about what what MechWarrior is. It's it's basically it's a thing within the Battletech wargaming universe, and that, yes. that was created by the FASFA Corporation. Um, FASA. FASA? FASA. F-A-S-A. I yes, took my FASA. FASA. Got yes, some money. they got are back money. as of the last year, early. <laughs> I believe they are in fact involved with MechWarrior Online. Okay. Well, so what what do you guys know about BattleTech? It's a name I, I I'm not I like giant robot stuff, but I never I never I like, pursued I like MechWarrior, but right. I don't know shit about the BattleTech universe in general. Like I don't know what other games I, I know very little it. about all this. Is it I know that throwing my phone thing? against another phone is kind of like a BattleTech. <laughs> There are very few other games that are involved in BattleTech that aren't MechWarrior, but there is the tabletop game, which is what started all of this. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm really only familiar with that. Wait, even be, even before the original MechWarrior, there was the tabletop. Right. That start. I I think the story that I read was that BattleTech is sort of the final result of some Korean War veterans and a game they were playing. Whoa. <laughs> mm, that's cool. Then it, yeah, they were playing history. with actual military equipment, of course, and then a sci-fi fan got involved, and it became giant robots. So basically, <laughs> two old Korean vets got into tanks, were shooting at each other, and someone said, "Huh, I could make some money off of this." <laughs> what, like let's a board add, game like, about six, this. Let's add six more treads to Put the some tank. lasers. Some I've lasers. Got this dice yeah. and enjoy drawing hex grids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, the, the game was actually originally called Battle Droids uh, when it came out in 1984, but uh, they changed it to BattleTech because Lucasfilm owned the term droid. And Battle Droids became a very different game, if you remember it. If I yes. think you do. I think you remember Battle Droids when it came out that one time and then you played it and were like, fuck that. Well, there's also, you know, <laughs> the presence of Battle Droids in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. So. But I also remember there was the actually game. a shitty game called Battle Droids that I remember. I remember, oh, your own, remember you can make your own droids, run around with an umbrella for a little while. Yeah, and you're like, what am I doing in this game? Okay, well, how I, made, umbre- I made a garbage can that can walk. How am I floating with an umbrella? I'm a robot. I weigh yeah. far too much weight. It wasn't a good game. <laughs> Battle Droids. Don't play dra- Battle Droids. Don't even no. look it up. Play Mech to Warrior. verify what we were saying. I, okay, I am you know looking what? it up. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you've got if you've got at least an i5 core in your computer. You can play this game because it does, it does take some system requirements because there's a lot of lighting effects. There, <laughs> it takes a few system requirements. There's lighting effects, shadows, water, like everything looks really good. You can turn it down, but it'll still use a lot of. System are, are we requirements. are we back to talking about uh, MechWarrior yeah, Online yeah. and not, not Battle Online. Droids? <laughs> MechWarrior, yeah, don't play Battle Droids. If no, you're playing bat- Battle Droids, get the fuck out of here. Oh, all right, I'm the Battletech Universe though. I've, if you if you are interested in the BattleTech universe, and I think that people should be because the there are there uh, it's it's a pretty deep universe. It's got a long history. It's set in the year. I think they're up to almost thirty one hundred. They might be past thirty one hundred now, for all I know. The novels that are written by Michael Stackpole, who's if you read any kind of fan sort of series novels, you'll probably know who he is and how good he is. 
those are your best choices to go to. There's lots of inter inter house politics involved. The whole universe is based around a house system. There's lots of big robots shooting at each other. The combat's good. There's a lot of detail in it, and and the books are really good in general. Would you say the house system is similar to the Klingon homeworld? Probably. I don't know that much about the Klingon homeworld. It's a house system. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar house of with Moog. The, the teaching hospital run by Cuddy and Housing House. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, wonderful geez. system. Is it of similar to balances? How about Game of Thrones? <laughs> is, is it like uh, that? The yeah, House of Stark. Like that. Okay. Okay. So if <laughs> you like robots, giant robots in Game of Thrones, then here's the thing: that's both of them. BattleTech Universe. Yes. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. well, if you want to get technical, Game of Thrones, uh, they ripped off. The Battletech universe. Mm. It is actually the same thing, but instead of robots, it's just swords and people. And dragons. No, there's dragons in the Battletech universe. They just call them mechs. No, they're called dragons. Shut up. There are dragons with scales. (laughs) Why are they weighing things? I don't know. I mean, what? what No, no. (laughs) Bad joke. Let's get get back to the... the, That is a terrible joke. Um, But let's get back to the game. Uh, uh, Trench, when he requested this topic, actually said, uh, MechWarrior 2 is probably the first computer game I ever played with a joystick. And the series is one of uh, the reasons that I dig giant robots. It is actually... It was completely innovative when it came out. It was amazing. No other other game existed. I mean, I I played this on... Ever. No no other game existed at all. No other game existed (laughs) until this came out. Until MechWarrior 2. And then there was, the there was the great fallout, which led us back to Pong. No. And they had to rebuild back up. <laughs> no, because I remember, I remember in middle school going to my friend's house, and he had a computer that just had DOS on it. And I, I don't know why. I think he was just a weirdo. And he would just type a bunch of things like, MechWarrior 2 slash blah, blah, blah. C, C colon slash. C yeah. colon slash. And then Mac suddenly, the DOS became robots, and they were 3D. And I was like, oh, my God. Let me fire the gauze rifle. Let me fire the gauze rifle. And he's like, no, fuck off. I was like, let me fire the fucking gauze rifle. And I hit the buttons and fire shit. And he would get exploded somehow. But, man, gauze uh, rifles. In MechWarrior 2's point of history, they had not yet admitted the gauze rifle. I'm full of shit. I don't know if they're <laughs> No, no, no. No, there was a gauze rifle. I promise <laughs> you. It was a big ball that shot at an enemy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm saying you're saying gauze, yes. like, and I think medical gauze. What what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you it's, it's a real gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. However, <laughs> they the call it a gauze, gauze rifle is also important. The medical units would use that in order to patch up other mechs on the fly. You would just see mechs with bandages on them. <laughs> Although, uh, until they figured gauze. out a way to fire giant balls of metal with with magnetism. Luke, what 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 more can you tell us about the BattleTech universe? Like, say from the from a role playing standpoint, like what kind of a what kind of a role playing game is it? Uh, it's mostly a tactical game if you're just playing BattleTech because you you have you have your mechs which you can customize and and however you want to. But there's not a lot of role playing to it. When they added the system called Mech Warrior, uh-huh. that uh, <laughs> that uh, you actually you started to be able to have pilots that had characteristics in themselves and had their own stories and traits. That's why there's a division between Mech Warrior and BattleTech, and I don't know why they decided to call the video games Mech Warrior when you don't have any con- you don't really have pilots that you level up or anything. You know what's sad though is these games are terribly inaccurate now because if this was the future and we were using giant robots, they'd obviously be drones. Because we're already doing that. Why would we pilot giant robots when we could just control them with a little computer? Because the person who develops a giant robot is going to be a nerd who loved giant robots. Have you ever heard the song Highway to the Danger Zone? Yes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Was that it? Is that your answer? That is my my argument for manned robots in the future. Touche. I stand stand (laughs) erected. (laughs) 
<laughs> I see that. Please put it back beneath I the table. I stand erection. I stand erection. I really don't know shit about the Battletech universe, just the MechWarrior games. And speaking, I, speaking of which, Luke, have you yes. ever played, and for the life of me, I can't remember if it was for PlayStation or Super Nintendo because they looked so similar, right? <laughs> there was a shitty MechWarrior game where it's kind of like third-person overhead, and you have to control the top half of the body and the lower half of the body completely. That sounds awful independently so you have to move right with the body and turn and move forward but then turn like left with the turrets and shoot and the game sucked and i could not beat any levels (laughs) i vaguely do recall that game it was one of the worst games ever ever made that was one that i rented played for five minutes and then was like balls to this and went back to something else (laughs) i did the same it, it was terrible. Don't play that one. Must have been called Balls to This. It was called Mech Warrior slash Balls to This. We don't know which one it is, but don't play it. Yeah, don't play it. If you don't find out it. what it is, uh, please post a comment on this episode's page so we can steer clear of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Me- Mech Warrior uh, Online or Universe or whatever it's being called, it's still in beta. Mech Warrior Online. It's still in beta, still glitches. They need more people. You know, there's bug reports, but it is really, really fun when you're shooting at other people with lasers. And might I stress again, free to play. It's free. Did you say pre to play? Free to play. Free to play. That's even better. Yeah, it could also be pre to play, which is what happens. I mean, it's still in beta, so it's technically pre. There you go. You can. My my computer overheating so badly is not really a sign of of anything. My my laptop is approaching three years and overheats on most things. Wow, I'm surprised you can play it at all. He opens up an Excel file and all of a sudden the fan kicks in. I actually can't. (laughs) I can't play it right now because the computer I was using is in another house. (laughs) The computer I was using is in another castle, so I can't. It was in the house that you set on fire. Yeah, it was in there. Interesting factoid. uh, The game is is real time in that it started on like January first, twenty twelve, and it's uh, that was equal to January first, thirty forty nine. And so it just, every day is another day. You know what? They actually have a news feed every day with, like, they have stories and updates on the main menu when you load it up. So that it actually keeps up with the universe all the time. There's always story updates. That's too. really cool. And it's like, well, this character is doing this, and this faction is doing this, and, and they are going to have faction systems implemented soon. They may have already. I haven't been on it in a little bit. but No, I haven't either. Yeah. But I, I will get back into it once I get a laptop. For those who do know anything about the Battletech universe, that year will tell you that they are not yet to the clan invasion, but it's not that far off. Unless they progress in real time, in which case you're going to have to wait years. We all know what happened in the clan invasion. Oh my god. That's when it got So good. many that's, pillowcases. That's, when Mech 2, that's, that's where Mech Warrior 2 happens. That's the clan invasion. Oh, and, and, so uh, many lowercase t's. It, it's actually, <laughs> Mech Warrior 2 is where, is the, the, the timeline where most things happen it's the, the quintessential MechWarrior since I've got obviously everybody here who's played MechWarrior has played MechWarrior 2. MechWarrior Online takes place in that same period. No, just before that period, actually. Ah, uh, oh, sorry. That's which, just that's how means... it's been lumped on the on the internets that I'm looking at. That's how I, I explain to people why my mech sucks so much is because it's before they even got good. So when <laughs> yeah, I overheat and explode the after... Tech showed up yeah. and they were really good. So when I fire once and explode while possibly <laughs> almost killing... So- it's funny when you explode at the same time of blowing someone else up and they're like... Thanks, dick. And you're like, no problem, smiley face or winking eye. And then you wait another 20 minutes for the game to end because you just did it at the beginning of the match. And you can't really exit the game unless you want to be a jerk and lose all your experience points. Any of you guys ever played Mech Assault? Is that the terrible one I'm thinking of? It's for Xbox. No. No. I... 
No, I played Mech Warrior Four on the I, Xbox. That's what it was. I don't recall this ever existing. But it, sure, it's it the is, same thing. Yeah, it is. It's the same thing. It's his first Battle Mech video game that says Battle Mech. Uh, so what does that mean? So I'm clicking Battle. It means mech. you're so battling broad, with mechs. Broad to battle. That's okay. the full name of it, the mechs in okay. BattleTech. Yeah, it, it is. It is in the BattleTech universe, and I guess it was. It was the first Battle Mech game done for the Xbox, and then there was a sequel, which was Mech Assault Two: Lone Wolf. No, I actually but, I do remember those games. You yeah. don't want to be alone. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, those ringing some bells. I don't think I ever played that. Was that was like wow? That's taking me back. I remember Lone Wolf because you were able to actually hop out of the cockpit and go between. You mechs. see, that's what I wanted. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but on I the wanted Xbox. online. But if you're a lone wolf, you're gonna get killed. You need to no, be. You're not. You see, you're a part of the. You're a part of a team. You just don't listen. You're a <laughs> renegade. Lone wolf. I'm a lone wolf in a pack of one. The only Absolutely. Mech, the only mech games I care about for Xbox are Steel Battalion and Metal Wolf Chaos, which you we, probably I, haven't heard of. No, I've people heard of should Steel have Battalion. heard of Steel Battalion because it was what one hundred and twenty dollars when it came out. Because Something like that. No. That's the one that came with no, the, big, was a, the big yeah. setup. It where was you one hundred and fifty bucks. It was a hundred dollars for yeah. the controller. Have any of you here actually played it? Have you gotten? Yeah, it we would get them traded in at my old job, and I would always have to test them out. Did you actually have the huge yeah. setup yeah. that came with it? So oh for, my god! For listeners, this is a game that is so. Uh, badass! It actually came with a console with dials and switches and so on. And if you had, didn't, if you had to eject, no, you, you, if your if your mech started to blow up, you had to eject. There was an actual eject button. Did you have to sequence. flip open a case and you had to? A button? Yes. Not only that, but there was like a whole sequence you had to do. And if you didn't do it in time, Bye-bye, not only did you file. die. Deleted your save file. I, you could be at the end of the fucking game. Are you serious? Brandon, that yes. game has your name written all over it. You have to play this game. Okay. We gotta yeah. track one down for you. <laughs> Let's use Nerdy Show money to buy it for me. Because <laughs> I can't get it right now. There but are lots out there because, I mean, everybody's probably heard of that ga- that mech game where you had the giant controller. So I bet you can get them on eBay for $900. <laughs> $900. <laughs> $900. It, it was a good game though, right? Was it yeah, fun? Yeah, it's no, cool. The, the first one was amazing. Then they had the 360 re-release where the person behind this thought to themselves, you know what, our last one was moderately successful because it came with a giant controller. I know what we'll do. We'll get rid of the controller entirely and use the Kinect. Because that is precision gaming. That kills... You have to, like, Minority Report to control it? Uh Uh-huh. Except it's not as accurate as Minority Report. (laughs) No. 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 Oh, wow. I'm bigger than Tom Cruise. That could be a problem. Why have they not made a Minority Report game using the Kinect? (laughs) No, all you would do is be like... I'm looking at pre-crime. You just, like, move shit around and discover stuff. There wouldn't be actual any game besides moving the screens and, like, zoom in and zoom out and moving your hands everywhere. Yeah, that is the only fun part it. about Kinect they're not, games. They're not going to make a minority report. Well, well, my friend is playing a Kinect game, and I yell out instructions for the Xbox that he can't control. <laughs> Xbox off! And he's like, damn it! And then he has to go on... I, I've, I've gone on eBay here, and the average the average going price for the controller set is just under two hundred bucks. You know what? I see them on Craigslist a lot, though. So yeah. is that with or without the game? Uh, the game's like five bucks alone. It's the controller is where all the value is. I guess it, it varies a lot, though. There's one that there's one that actually comes with an Xbox. <laughs> so and that's oh. that's two hundred. So. Oh, oh, that's actually a good deal that's because I don't all. have Does one. Does that include shipping, though? No, I'm fine okay. with shipping. It's like twenty bucks. No, it's not twenty bucks for that it's thing. It's like five hundred dollars no. for shipping. Yeah. is it that heavy? It's it's not super heavy. It's just how many big. how many Brandons does it, is it weigh? Is it a full mech cockpit? Because yes, oh, crap, I'll it's a whole mech cockpit. It, it's, it's three different panels. There's yeah. one right in front of you, and then one to either side, and a joystick on either and side, and a foot of that. panel, and a foot panel with three pedals. What the? Do <laughs> you have to work the legs? Yeah, yes. you do. Oh my god, Luke! Luke, we ain't nobody got time for that. No, <laughs> Luke, we got to get on this. I don't know how. I don't know when. They're on Craigslist all the time. I'll find one for you. And it, is there online play? 
Uh, no, it only had multiplayer. Like, if you connect up different Xboxes together. With, with, other, with other, with other consoles? Yes. Controls. You have to get multiple setups. <laughs> you know what this means? Multiple copies of the game. We have to get multiple setups and multiple copies of the game. We need to have... We need to have on. a video of us playing this. I might know right. a guy with six sets of this game. I'll get back to you. Yes. This is way, this is way better than Mandingo uh, Wrestling. This is, this is a real game for rich people. Oh. Man- Mandingo <laughs> means two different things to However, us. However, back in the Mech Warrior universe, Lachaim, Lachaim, Lachaim warrior. <laughs> now, Ooh, and and uh, now presenting Luke McDuffie's BattleTech Universe Lightning Round. Ba-da-da-da. All right, there was uh, there was a big war on Earth after after uh, humans had already spread out to other planets. Done. Uh, this war was <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad that one of the main commanders of of the military of one of the militaries decided to the this everybody sucks. I'm up and leaving, and he up and left, and that kind of left uh, with a lot of the military hardware and a lot of the military people. So that left the universe in kind of disarray. There was a lot of civil war going until. There was the house system, and there's a few – I can't remember how many different organizations and houses there are that now run the universe. But none of them really know how to work a lot of the technology technology that's still left over. So they can't really build new mechs. They have a really hard time building new weapons. So the, all the mechs that are there are just sort of there, and they have to be scrapped. And that's kind of how the universe sits. There's a lot of infighting between – there's a lot of houses – or struggling between the houses for superiority up until the clan invasion when – the the guy who left with the, all of the military, they come back and they are now this weird militarized semi Klingon type organization, and they have all the good technology and they start kicking ass until a bunch of other stuff happens. And, so they just find all the mechs, but don't know how to really build them yet. Correct. There like, are maybe, like maybe a couple of mech factories left that people only halfway know how to use. Okay. That sounds cool. That sounds is really this, cool. Is it is the story behind this universe more like Battlefield Earth or more like Chronicles of Riddick or Exo Squad? Oh my god, don't even I'm get... I'm gonna go with Chronicles that's a, of Riddick. That's a whole other Microsoft right there. That's a whole other <laughs> shit I want to talk about. And I would fuck. also I would also say Riddick, because yeah. Battlefield Earth can go fuck itself. Someone please ask for an Exosquad, Microsoft. Pretty that's Just for an excuse for me to rewatch me. the series. Someone <laughs> asked for an episode of Microsoft oh, where Julie. I can talk about the Warhammer universe, because I've never played any Warhammer, or 40k, but I love the universe. Well, I believe we actually do have a Microsoft. What? <laughs> Uh, Viral Demon requested miniature war games, and his examples were Warhammer Fantasy and 40K. Ooh, you're what in about luck. Starcraft. No. That's not. A That's not miniatures. Miniature. Oh, what? they have a. They they do have they, one. They do. They do have some kind of uh, tabletop. Starcraft I thought when you meant miniature, I just mean like zoomed out. So they look <laughs> small. <laughs> small little guys. I mean, you got a spaceship with a Yamato laser, and it's tiny. That's a miniature. It's, you know, it's on a screen, but how's that any different? How many fucking Yamato beams do you need to destroy, like, a base? God. Things should be like a nuke. Fucking... Man. All right. <laughs> so, uh, taking us out, we got we got to track an old, 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 old as hell because uh, Mech Warrior music is uh, in short old. supply. A track from OCR. This is from Mech Warrior Two, Thirty First Century Combat. Um, the track itself is called "Whoa Wow Training Exercises," and it's by Isa Sombra. Wait, is that actually what it's called? Whoa Wow! Whoa, wow! Yeah. Whoa, wow! Oh my goodness, this is it's, gonna get hot up in this shit yeah, tonight. It says that's the full title. W A W O O W exclamation mark. Whoa, wow! Oh, wow! I almost see that as whoa, whoa! You sound like what's that guy from Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it? I don't know. It's Van Next guy. Yeah, no, uh, David David Roth. David Lee Roth. Roth. Yeah. Whoa, wow! Whoa, wow! <laughs> 
leg kick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wicked, buy, wicked. Buy, I'm Cap. I'm Tony. <laughs> I'm Brandon. I'm Jonna. I'm Luke. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, it's Cap. I'm back. Before we go to the next microsode, I'd like to say thank you to some very awesome people who gave us some generous support in May. It looked like it was going to be a really slow month, and then bam, geez, you guys hammered us with crystalline star sapphire love energy. Not only did we meet our monthly support goal, but we also met our stretch goal of $600 for uh, helping us offset the travel costs of E3. And uh, now we're chugging along, working on our, our next support goal, which should take care of all of our expenses for E3. That goal is 900 and there's only, well, a couple days to work towards that, but you guys have done so much already. We're very, very grateful, as always. We're a listener-supported podcast network. You make this show and all the other shows on the network possible. So I'm going to give shout outs to all the awesome people who contributed and many of them sent us messages, but I'm going to save those messages for when it's not me talking in a void. At least someone else from the Nerdy Show crew can share in this, but this is all pretty last minute. So it's just me here. Robert Stoneback, Sean Red, Corrick, Adam Wolfinger, Tyler Conrad, Big Bad Shadow Man, Dr. Gamer Scientist, Callus, and Viral Demon. You guys are amazing. And not only did you help us out, but you also unlocked additional support perks this month. You unlocked about uh, eight or nine minutes of outtakes from the conclusion of D&D Book 2, featuring a ton of crazy Galdap stuff. And for passing the $600 mark, you guys unlocked another perk. It's myself and some of the crew of Ghostbusters Resurrection, and I think maybe Tony, I can't remember, possibly Tony, doing some Adventure Time Mad Libs about tree trunks. So if you supported us, we'll be sending you all that stuff in the mail. Everything that's ever been a part of a Nerdy Show support perk and all the new stuff, right to your email. With new stuff coming out every month and every time, you guys push us over the threshold of one of our goals. It's the least we can do to give back to you guys for being so awesome. And of course, if you want to earn a microsode, like these two discussions I'm in the middle of right now, well, every $100 mark we pass, that's your chance to decide what we'll talk about for 15 to 30 minutes. So now it's time to oil up your chest, put on your enchanted boots, power up your laser sword, and dive into a perilous world where dragons with laser eyes and cybernetic hooves fly on interstellar ley lines into adventure. It's Nerdy Show's favorite meldings of sci-fi and fantasy. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Nina. Hey, I'm Adam. I'm Tony. I'm Josh. And today, we're going to talk about our favorite meldings of sci-fi and fantasy. Saga! This episode is brought to you, <laughs> has been brought to you by Big Bad Shadow Man, and Tony's started the ball rolling with a... With Brian with, K. Vaughn's with, saga, yep. which is one of the most epic sci-fi stories with people who do magic. 
I mean, it's it's the ultimate meld-up. They got a rocket ship that's a tree. It's got a very good opening line. It's just, I feel like I'm shitting! Am I shitting? <laughs> it's also got the best dog. Or a cat. Lion cat. Lion cat. Lion yeah. cat, yeah. Sorry. World's best dog. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the best line is when they, they leave the Sexapalooza place or Sextopia or whatever. The Sextillion. Sextillion. And, and the cat's <laughs> not allowed in. Yeah, the cat's not allowed in. And he's like, oh, don't worry, you would have had a horrible time anyway. Lying. Lying. <laughs> so besides Saga. Honestly, I, I think the best example is 40K. It, it's, it's one of the examples, yeah. But I think it's one of the best of just blending of sci-fi and, well, and fantasy. That's a very say, rich. That's very rich ground there. You know, we, we've, Star got, Wars. we've got some 40k related microsodes coming up actually, but we haven't recorded them yet as of this recording. And I know very little about 40k. I know there's Space Wolves, um, which rule <laughs> very small, <laughs> very but, small part. part of it. Um, <laughs> but but beyond that, I didn't realize. I thought 40k, 40k, 40k. <laughs> I thought 40k was a was you know a straight up just you know space shooter. Um, environment. I, what there's there's magic elements to you it. Start yeah, definitely. definitely there is magic. I mean, they, they give you an idea. Like a typical bad guy could range from these ancient machines that are older than recorded time that have had their uh, souls put into these machines that are undying, and their technology outstrips everything else. Or you go to the forces of chaos, which are basically the same gods from the the Warhammer fantasy. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, but they are scarier in the 40k version because you got you know corn you know the blood god you know skulls for the skull for them you know mm-hmm. and, and they're like they're uh, forty thousand years older they get cranky oh <laughs> they, they're well, actually in 40k and warhammer warhammer 40k and warhammer fantasy i think it's important to recognize that they are separate they are yeah they're not they're, they, they do not inhabit the same universe it's not 40 regular warhammer years doesn't have science no no there's no well it's also just a different timeline because yeah. because in this one slanesh was the first chaos god the god of like evil and whatever because the eldar you are so gonna be well, on our war, warhammer episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, Dude, uh, the no, Slanesh was created by um, the Eldar, the Eldar but yeah, she's not the oldest. She was, she's the youngest. Well, if Slanesh uh, is is a god that I believe exists in the Warhammer Fantasy, I'm not as familiar with it, but I know they have similar like succubi and stuff like that that are based on them. But it, they they give a definite origin for her, his creation. In, it's uh, like Warhammer ten thousand years before the current timeline, I think, or something like no, that. No, 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 no. It's 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 much it's much earlier than that. Um, the webways get fucked and all what? sorts of stuff. Another good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get too deep in here, actually, because trigger finger Tony, uh, <laughs> is this what your uh, love life is like? <laughs> You'd have to ask my wife. Okay. Maybe I will. Um, <laughs> uh, Big bad shadow man says, by sci-fi fantasy, I mean science fiction and the supernatural magic coexisting in the universe. We know we we figured that we we got that. Ghostbusters. Um, he wants to hear uh, mm-hmm. yep. what are some of our favorite sci-fi fantasy stories, movies, games, comic books. He says his personal favorite sci-fi fantasy is pretty much anything that has Mothra in it. Huh. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I wonder if <laughs> but, Mothra is not in Ghostbusters. But everything in Godzilla I thought was science-based. No, with the exception of Mothra. Mothra is crazy. Uh, I've I've only learned recently about Mothra, and we do have Big Bad Shadow Man to thank for that. Mothra has its own separate thing. By by no means, the things I'm about to say is probably have a a trillion things wrong with. But uh, Mothra has priestesses, and the priestesses are two tiny tiny ladies, tiny tiny Chinese women in like in the midgets, (laughs) (laughs) and like. I, I don't. I don't really know what what role they play, but they somehow command Mothra, and like they're like speakers on behalf of Mothra, who is some kind of deity. Oh. You know? <laughs> Did you just watch uh, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster? Is uh, that the one you saw? No, I watched God- Godzilla vs. Biolente, the, oh. the giant plant that was a rose, that was a woman, that was a monster. <laughs> the uh, the Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster Mothra shows up, and they have to consult the tiny priestesses, ladies, and, and everything as and well. Godzilla vs. Mothra, I think, is their first appearance because. 
she nets him and he falls into the ocean. That's the end of the movie. So there's that. What were you going to say, Josh? I was going to say uh, uh, there's a lot of steampunk that does this. A notable one is uh, there's an anime that came out called Last Exile. That was really good. It was just about these kids who basically wanted to get have their own little airship and they wanted to enter a race and do this. But there's this like overwhelming, like high oppressive society above them. It's very good. I recommend checking it out. Getting into it would take way too long. <laughs> Jumping, actually pig, piggybacking off of that a little bit, just in the anime, is the series Outlaw Star, which is, mm. a, is yeah. a very, I mean, it's a sci-fi epic, but one of the main weapons used throughout is this the weapon known as the caster, where essentially magic has been weaponized, and by weaponized, I mean put into, like, cartridges that can be used in a firearm. They're very, very rare and most people don't even believe in it, but there's a lot of mystic undertones that go along with it. And hell, uh, Tenchi Muyo, another classic anime. I was gonna say, one of the characters in uh, Outlaw Star actually cuts trucks in half with a wooden sword. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely <laughs> some, some fantasy, some sci-fi well, stuff going on. And, and what you're talking about, about, you know, weaponizing magic, that sounds very much like the plot to Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Final Fantasy games are Make-up. notorious for fusing sci-fi and fantasy on occasion. You used to lean more towards the, the fantasy, uh, the fantasy end, and now and these days, it's uh, really, it's either or. Thank Final Fantasy VI was like the most, I think, out of all the ones I've played had the most focus on technology I think. Um, something I love, another thing from Squaresoft, I mean obviously Chrono Trigger there's that, yeah. but, but uh, Secret of Mana you, th- you think it's a straight up fantasy thing mm-hmm. until all of a sudden you unearth a hidden continent and you find a subway station filled with zombies and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? You're not ready for it. There's no hint that, that, that anything existed prior well okay, that's not true. You find a bunch of computers and one of them talks about Abraham Lincoln, but you think it's maybe just a weird joke Mm-hmm. And then and then that happens, and you're like, what What don't I understand? And they never explain it. I, am I the only one here who's played Xenogears? No. I've played Xeno <laughs> goddamn Gears. Yeah, it's maybe the best RPG I've ever played, and it, it definitely is a perfect fusion. But you find out, like, a lot of powers come from God, but God is, like, what you refer to as God is not... An actual deity. It's a creature that was that lives in the ocean, and it was uh, very angry. Very angry. And you and, you and your girlfriend. It's super good. It's it is it is absolutely incredible. I highly recommend but it. It's much like in Secret of Mana, you go underground at one point and you find a place called Zeboim, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's really awesome. But speaking of games, I was recently looking into Shadowrun. Oh yeah! Oh Shadow Jesus! Shadowrun. Shadowrun. Yeah. Oh, when the guy who game masters Ghostbusters Resurrection is looking into Shadowrun, well, that's a that's an interesting well, thing. Well, I, was just I don't so, think we uh, have even half as many six sided dice. No, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wasn't looking into playing it per se, but uh, the the universe was intriguing because I, I had no idea what it was. I just knew about the joke that you'll never have enough d sixes to play. I'm like, what what is this game that everyone's <laughs> talking about? And then I'm like. Oh, so there's like elves and stuff, but it's modern day. Then it's like, no, it's magic and sci-fi mixed together. It's what I've like, been told is that anything with the Shadowrun name on it is amazing. Yeah. The like, Xbox video game is decent. It's like it's kind of like a dumbed-down tribes, but it's pretty yeah, fun. I mean, it's fun. Don't play it online if you're playing on Xbox, because you'll be playing against people on PC, and you will get destroyed. Oh, well. Yeah, because it's like, hey, let, let's put you on a, you know, let's match you with your little controller and your analog sticks up against people with mice and keyboards who have all of their various commands macroed, and, you know, just go fuck yourself, really. Yeah. Uh, now, I was going to say, now, Nina is the resident X-Files expert that I know about. Does yes. X-Files count as sci-fi and fantasy, or is that just science fiction? Well, of course it counts as sci-fi I'm, and fantasy. Yeah, I'm going to back you up on this. Anything supernatural counts. But do they explain it away as science, or is it, like, literally supernatural? Well, no, there's plenty of episodes where, well, where it doesn't get explained away. Well, Scully will explain everything away as science. You can right. count on that. But, but Scully's but, proven uh, wrong in a lot of episodes. Scully's pretty much almost, almost always proven wrong. Mm-hmm. That's until about... 
maybe season seven when she actually turns into a believer herself because she's seen so much shit over the years. Well, you know, you're right, because I can't believe I forgot, because, like, there is an episode with ghosts, and it's like, well, the ghosts course, aren't explained no, away as science. Like, the ghosts are just ghosts. There are plenty <laughs> of episodes with uh, ghosts, there's an demons, episode with, the Jersey Devil, <laughs> There's an episode with ghosts that actually is anything. one of the pivotal secrets of the entire show revolves around ghosts, actually. Hmm. So, yeah. It's a fusion for sure. You know, thinking about yeah. it, could we could we argue that Ghostbusters is a merger of sci-fi and definitely. fantasy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I'll definitely. Absolutely. Just because I mean, let's face it, ghosts are definitely fantasy, but they're explaining them away, as... and we're just and we're taking them down by science. Hey guys, let's <laughs> talk about Ghostbusters. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my favorite movies that does this, I guess maybe it's a guilty pleasure, is the movie Crawl. <laughs> oh God! <clears throat> Where it's, 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 it's Josh, maybe don't feel any shame for Crawl. No, I love Crawl. Crawl. Crawl's wonderful. I, I love it, but but it's it's basically it's full fantasy world, like like straight up like cyclopses, flying horses. It, it's it's full on full on fantasy, magic, everything, and an alien crash crash lands there from outer space. <laughs> and it's these people these fantasy guys don't understand it like they they think it's like just a like basically b- bad stuff is happening because it's alien and they have to like go into his alien spaceship and try to take him out and it's i think it's awesome but a lot of people think it's really boring and stupid that's, that's that remind me of one time i was watching you play world of warcraft and you're like oh there's there's cars and stuff we're driving around in world of warcraft like there's science in world of warcraft so would that count as science and fantasy yeah yeah, it's a lot of yeah, yeah i guess stuff. it's i mean calling it science wouldn't just like things it's, sputter I, out of it it's, it's it's alchemy more and alchemy yeah, is still i, I think you of, really need to have you need to have a laser gun or an extraterrestrial mm. or or something yeah. that's really truly beyond just you know an industrial revolution. Cool. And to the, that, there I are say, lasers. There are lasers in World of Warcraft. So that, but there's well, aliens, wasn't there? Like aliens from the other planets. Yeah. yeah. The, yes. The, old the Titans ones. are aliens, and the old ones are aliens. Interesting. Just gotta bring up, you know, to everybody who says that Star Wars is not strict sci-fi. Fuck you. That means it's science fantasy because it's a lot of fantasy elements in a sci-fi series. It's space magic. The Force is what Ta-da. it is. Yeah, it's Fuck Star Wars. Chlorians. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think midi chlorians removes the fantasy aspect of, of yeah, Star, Star, they no. try. Star Wars. It, it does attempt to do so. <laughs> yeah, but it not it fails horribly. But when I, you, I refuse to acknowledge them. Well, so it's, it's like I, I'm so. I, I'm going to be an ancient, powerful Sith Lord and use. Biological means use tiny like mitochondria-sized bacteria to move suns. Like I don't understand how that that doesn't explain anything. Like it, it's it's Not it's still magic. It's the still, most yeah. fantastical element of Star Wars. How the fuck do the lightsabers just stop? It's light. Magic. Come on, that's why it's sci-fi fantasy. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's um, a fantastic uh, crystals. Element. Obviously, you just uh, you just the you've ne- clearly light. you've never seen light go through no, a crystal. Crazy. How does light a crystal? Well, hold on, hold on, because I think I think. You could you could argue this one easier than you could argue the force because we know that if you bend uh, magnetic force enough, light can't escape. So, like you could say that maybe the the light from lightsaber loops back in on itself. So there's, there's a mini black hole. It doesn't have to be. I'm not saying that. It, it may not be gravity. It may just be. And you know what? I'm sure that some scholar has already fixed this problem for us. I'm probably sure we, we'll, we can just look it up on Wikipedia. I'd rather not look at a lot of math right now. Well, the thing, the, the thing about uh, talking about World of Warcraft and then X Files made me think: What about the Blade universe, like Wesley Snipes' Blade film universe? Well, then you're just lumping in Marvel and DC, and they are yeah, absolutely. Well, he, just, he yes. just said the film universe. Like, because I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with the comic books, but well, in, like in the movie, they, like the vampires there is are a traditional. God, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's like a traditional vampire where it's like there's mystical rules but blade uses a lot of science 
fiction-y type of thing. The movie is in many ways true to Blade's corner of the Marvel Universe, and the Marvel Universe is a fusion of all those things. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By, one of the best comic book movies but would the that first count, two. But would you really count that as science fiction? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Science fa- I would say science, science fantasy. Science fantasy, rather. Yeah, because they, they use all their uh, science fiction to make the guns. And the weapons. Mm-hmm. It was an eight to fucking march of dimes. However, and they got uh, the titanium sword and not just dull instantly. But nice. isn't that theoretically <laughs> like what what would qualify as science fiction if you could technically build all of that in real life? If you could technically build all of it in real life, then it's not science fiction. That's my question. Is Blade science fiction? It's yes. clearly fantasy. No, because the bullets they use and stuff and like the they have that stuff filled with the blue liquid that it's it's not. Isn't there it, also it's not like real. UV bombs? Yeah, yeah. UV bombs. Plus, I mean, the the, vamp- uh, the vampires in the second one, the crazy, unhinged draw ones, aren't those a product of science? But they're also clearly fantasy-based because they're vampires. I thought they were like the next step in vampire evolution. Yeah, like Dracula was... was trying to level up vampires to live Which is stronger. genetic modification. Which is science. But there, but there, was, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There was a blood god. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. That's true. To, yeah. So it definitely has that fantasy element still. Okay. Um, that's my question. You know, most, most comics that are fantastical in some direction and are around for a while do inevitably meld sci-fi and fantasy you know one of the things that's been had the weirdest time getting adapted is ninja turtles obviously a very fictiony science world they got Mm -hmm. there but they in whenever whenever it's adapted they always like in films and i'm speaking specifically about films they always avoid going into space with the exception of turtles in uh, the third turtles film don't you dare call that turtles in time sir (laughs) (laughs) we all all have called that film turtles in time at one point or another they really should have just called it that i mean that was a good that would be the only way they could have made that movie worse would be to call all the turtles in time. <laughs> anyway, it's one of those comics universes that mm. that mashes it all up, which is, I think, you know, a good thing. It's a if if you're already going in one ridiculous direction, go in all ridiculous directions. Yeah, and I mean, very like, famously, uh, there's there's Thor. There's even the line in Thor that what you call magic and what you call science, I call magic. Well, where I come, they are one and the same. Here's the thing. I think that's cool, but I'm annoyed by it, and here's why: because they did that in a part for the movie going audience because you know they, they repeatedly refer to asgard as another planet or mm-hmm. something like like uh, it, ha- it happens in uh, avengers they they sort of refer to it with has in an, it's like a celestial body of some sort you're yeah. an asgardian but like, it's another dimension altogether right they, realm. It, they want they're like we'll give you thor we'll, we'll give you this magic themed thor movie but we're also going to do everything we can to try to put quantum physics in it so you can think it's still science-based because if we said, oh, it's magic, then you, the audience, wouldn't respect it for some reason. Well, it, it goes into this. There's this thing about screenwriting, the the, the double mumbo jumbo. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a rule called double mumbo jumbo, where if you if you go, OK, well, it's science. And then, by the way, wizards, it's, it, it, it screws up your suspension of disbelief. And the idea is like, you can call it science or magic. They're one and the same, whatever. Maybe nobody in that universe really understands it. Maybe it is magic. We don't really know. We're not going to deal with it here. That's better than saying that, it, that straight up, it is magic. That's what's going on. Because that's one of the things that drives me crazy about the Marvel Universe. When everybody's like, like all the, all the magicians and stuff are, are, are doing things. And Doctor Strange and Tony Stark are teaming up. And he's like, you wouldn't understand this, Tony. It's magic. It's like, if it exists... And if it's in front of you, it's science. You know, it's, it's measurable. Like, there's it no reason why Tony Stark would study everything in the universe but magic. But he also if, if, has. If, that's the thing. That's never tried, but he has. But well, he's not a sorcerer. Like, not, why wouldn't he also? You know, why what, wouldn't though? he be Doctor Doom? Like yeah, that's have, exactly what I was going to yeah. bring. We're back to our villains episode. Doctor fucking Doom. Yeah, Doctor Doom is master both. of science but this, but this, and magic. This all goes back into the point of our favorite blendings of sci-fi and mm-hmm. fantasy because. 
it is kind of common, but it really shouldn't be that common because when you start mixing that it shit together, be. it gets murky. It gets like, wait a minute, now it's kind of sucks. Especially, and like, um, what were you gonna say? Well, I mean, I, I was, I was just thinking of fourth Indiana Jones movie. Because oh yeah, right that's I the, mean, yeah. people, you know yeah, like, already hear, hear the collective uh, groaning here, now. but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because, that's, well, you're that, right. That's, it had to be mentioned. Yeah, that's, because, that's, because, double, that's the double mumbo jumbo coming it out. Is. That's why it's bad. It, that is definitely right. part in, of the double mumbo jumbo rule. Yeah. And Indiana Jones was established as a world where magic exists. Yes. Science obviously exists because there's technology, but it wasn't a science fiction universe. There was, it was no. It was mysticism. I, it was mysticism. I, I feel yeah. that the the problem is, is that they handled it very poorly because they didn't. They they're like, all right, we're going to introduce the sci-fi element, but we're not going to explain it very well. Right. We're not going to make any attempt to try to make this fit in instead we're going to avoid talking about it until when we inevitably do talk about it indiana jones says it says to the audience basically they're not aliens they're from another another place altogether interdimensional beings right and it's like so oh so so that makes it better that doesn't make it more convoluted because i would have accepted aliens if the presentation had been right and i think here's it much like they treated mrs like this kind of unspoken we can't speak of this the problem with indiana jones for because it's usually the other way around usually there's a science fiction universe then they introduce magic you're like what the fuck magic indiana jones is that rare case where it was a magic universe Mm -hmm. Then you bring in science fiction, and it's like, I can't explain it, but this feels wrong. Like it's it's, it's like basically if if Dracula showed up during Blade Runner, you know what I mean? It's a yeah. it's double it's double mumbo jumbo. Yeah, if, right? if Deckard is like Deckard, you know, we got this this new skin job walk on the street. We shoot him, and nothing happens. He's clearly a replicant, but there's no record of him at the Tyrell Corporation. Which is, which is one of, kick down the door, and it's Dracula in a coffin somewhere. It's one of my biggest problems Blade, with Metal Gear Solid Two. He's <laughs> like, what are you? Are you, are you a machine Vamp. or a man? What is a man? <laughs> no, Vamp is explained in four. He, he is explained, but at the same time, it's just eh, nano machines. Like you know, it's, it's very. It's, yeah, but that that's that's science. It was science. Why is well, it only used for one person? That's science's way of going. Eh, it's magic. What the fuck? I don't care. But, but, but they but they put it. They specifically put it under the umbrella of explainable science. Mm-hmm. They say no. There is science here. We can't explain it. But it takes too long, and it's going to bore you and pull you away from the action scene that you're about to Except have. Except in the context of Metal Gear Solid. Too. Like if you added Metal Gear Solid Four, yeah, fine, okay, it's 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 science fiction. If you if like if you were a kid and you were playing Metal Gear Solid Two and Metal Gear Solid Four wasn't out yet, it's like okay, so it's, it's Metal Gear Solid yeah. plus vampires yeah. and telekinesis. <laughs> Tagging back, I know it's a long stretch. Tagging back to X Files. All you guys aware about X Files season ten? Yes, co- the comic book. She comic book. Huh? <laughs> Very excited. Coming uh, out in June, I yeah. believe. And uh, it's IDW, right? Written by Joe Harris, IDW, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Carter's on the, on the case. The initial covers look amazing. Yes. Um, we're, gonna, we're actually going to do what we can to get some kind of an interview pertaining to that. Keep fingers your fingers crossed, crossed folks. Because, again, the thing about Indiana Jones, starting with magic, trying to introduce science and failing, a good opposite of that but succeeding would be like classic Star Trek, the original series, where it's hard science fiction just like pure science fiction Mm -hmm. then they introduced the idea of like apollo the god not like an alien who's pretending to be apollo but literally apollo i'm not familiar with or even just it's it's who who mourns for adonis yeah yeah and it's it's literally the god apollo as we knew him from ancient greece and he's the only god left from the ancient greek gods but he is an alien and it's not like one of those what if ancient gods were really ancient astronauts from other planets? No, but he literally is as he appeared to the Greeks. He is as he appeared. He has all those pure powers, but mm-hmm. that, that was his alien culture and how they lived. So huh. basically the Greek culture was an alien culture, and he looks human, but he's like tall. He's like, what, like 20, 50 feet tall yeah. or something like that. 
they were able to bring that into a into a Star Trek wow. science fiction universe and have it work. Because at first you're like, this is cheesy. What the hell is this? But the more they go into it, you're like, oh shit, they gotta get out of there. You know, it's like <laughs> you get wrapped up in it. <laughs> but why can Star Trek do that? Flipping and taking science, introducing magic, and having it work. But Indiana Jones takes magic, introduces science, and it doesn't work. Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons, but it, I, just, I just think it's weird that they I can't. just remembered a book. I'm trying to remember the title of it, and I will. I'll, I'll get the title of it. I'll give it to the cap, and we'll get it in the link in this episode's page. But it was about these these orcs in an ancient fantasy world, and they're going up against the high crowd, and they go, and they're, this one troop of them, they discover a dragon's horde, and as they start to invade the dragon's horde, they find, like, futuristic weapons. They find AK-47s, they find jeeps, and all of a sudden they start using, like, military tactics, and these orcs wind up taking over the world, and it was one of the most entertaining fantasy books I've ever read. Please tell me you didn't read Battlefield Earth. No, this was not Battlefield Earth. <laughs> okay. Because that's a, that is another one of those failings. Tony is a devout Scientologist, though. It's, it's really wrong of us to mock his beliefs. No, it's true. No, hey, it's, hey, it's Dianetics. Blending, blending of, of <laughs> science fiction blend and fantasy. Is that Dianetics? I think it could be. Dianetics Jr. much better than Krishna. <laughs> much better indeed. I mean, it's... I, I think we can all agree oh, that the failing of... Indiana Jones for, in terms of a melding of science fiction and fantasy, is just the way it was handled. Because like we've t touched on, you can have, like, this snippet in a sci-fi world of fantasy coming in. So mm -hmm. long as the characters recognize it as fantasy, treat it as such, and just kind of like, you know, maybe there are some things we can't explain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Indiana Jones, it becomes this huge ordeal, and it's like, look, this is the way, and it's just like with the Ark, and it's just like with all of this. It's like, no, had it been something quicker, had it been something maybe just you thought it was fantasy up until the last bit, and then, nope, aliens. There's, I, I, there's I, I have a whole hour to launch into that's going to have to be another microsode. There's, like, there's, there's, there's yeah, another yeah. franchise that Cap was watching when we walked in here today. That's that true. Does it perfectly. Holy crap. How do we not even think of that? <laughs> Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. And Holy here, God. This thing, now that, now that Cartoon Network shows are on Netflix, I can finally enjoy Samurai Jack sequentially, which I wasn't able to do when it was on. You know, I always saw parts of it, but in doing so... And watching the first three episodes in a row, I was just like, what the fuck? How did they, how did they get this show made? Dude, it doesn't make any sense. The, the, first, the first three episodes seasons. were Seven Samurai redone as a children's cartoon with giant alien robot bugs. Like, it's with, with, we was trying to help the, the dogs. Yeah, that was, yeah. The, that was the third episode. That was the third episode. Yeah, yeah. The, like, the, I feel like the first three episodes are one piece altogether. They, mm -hmm. um, no, they were, they were aired, they were first, they were even released as a DVD that this was the origin of Samurai Jack. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, the, the, like, the first episode, it is almost a completely silent episode showing this kid growing up all over the known world being trained by different cultures and then only at the end is Aku like, I'm going to send you back in time, or ahead in, into the future, where I will rule. And, and, Matter and, of fact, Jack. And it's, and it's like, what? And then, and then, boom, all of a sudden, Jack's in the future, and, and, and then there's where like, a space where a commercial break would be, and it cuts back, and there's like, here's a bunch of talking dogs sitting around. And you're like, is this the same show? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened here? This is a weird Ron Paulson dog. Talking, you immediately forgive it. You're just like, this is amazing. Yeah, the, the the dogs are basically the the like lowly samurai from Seven Samurai walking around, mm -hmm. trying to find somebody to help them defend their village of dogs. Now, I mean, and there are a lot of different homages like that. I mean, there's a fucking there's a fucking Spartan episode with that one's almost entirely silent. It is almost entirely silent, and it won them one of their Emmys. Mm -hmm. So did the uh, the three blind archers. Yes, and and, oh, and the, the bug the bug episode is actually also almost entirely silent. I might mm -hmm. add. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing. That he rides like a giant so eight-legged much. horse like Sleipner. Yeah. It's awesome. The, that show does so much for just storytelling. And to those of you who haven't watched Samurai Jack, seriously, it's up available on Netflix. I'm going to give Cap some of my DVDs so he can watch seasons two and three since those aren't up yet. And just... Oh, thank you. Oh, dear Lord. It's oh, such a oh, good show. Before we forget, the, the Clone Wars. What about... That's still Star Wars. Yeah, but I'm just saying the Clone Wars is just I don't I just had to throw well, it out we're, there. Well, we're on it's, it's the same thing. The Tartakovsky yeah. Clone Wars series was anything that Tartakovsky does. Yeah. really has this blending of sci-fi and fantasy to an extent because even in Symbionic Titan, his most recent series, the idea of a robot with a soul is kind of a fantasy element to yeah. it because it's it's at what point does a robot stop being just circuitry? Where does that line between humanity and a robot exist? And 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 to keep on the line of at least cartoons, one that starts off you think it's going to be terrible, but then after successive seasons gets better and better, Gargoyles. Yeah, that's pure yeah. sci-fi. I, fantasy. I would there's definitely say, science fiction because there's like, like it's, lasers. It's, it's, it started in it off and you didn't think it was good. Oh, well, I, well, I was like, this is really interesting. This is really interesting, but it could be bad really easily. And like the first the first season was okay. But then, yeah. like, the further it gets, the better it gets. Until you get to the Goliath margins. Chronicles. At which point, everything went downhill. I, I never watched that part. That's because it didn't have Greg Wiseman. Oh. R.I.P. Cre- Young Justice. Creator left. Anyway, but yes, uh, all good things. So, obviously, we could go on forever because, really, the nerd stuff in general is founded on a fusion of sci-fi and fantasy. So, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you want a nerdy show microsode, well... All you got to do is support us, and uh, if the timing is right, if you if you employ strategy in, as well as gift-giving, then you, you will get a Nerdy Show Microsode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, Nina. Bye, I'm Adam. Bye, I'm Tony. Bye, I'm Josh. One of the great things about the paranormal is that the paranormal often combines elements of sci-fi and fantasy. I mean, think about how there's, you know, X-Files episodes about things like Native American shapeshifters, just as well as all the sci-fi-driven UFO plots. And one of our favorite paranormal shows on the air right now is Gravity Falls. Nerd rapper Adam Warrock, he loves Gravity Falls so much that after seeing only the first four episodes about a year ago, he wrote a kick-ass rap track. And since then, not only has he started a podcast, the Gravity Falls Gosper, all about Gravity Falls, but also interviewed the show creator and visited the studio where it's made. Well, recently, he went back and uh, redid his original rap track. Now, there's considerably more episodes of the show out, and he's not recording the track while he's on the road. The beat's remastered, the audio is better than ever, there's new verses, and this is Gravity Falls 2.0 by Adam Warrock. Me, Dipper, and Mabel took a summer vacation to the place where green trees with the rivers and lakes, and it's where tourists come to see mysteries that thrill, all locked up in a shack that we work until our great Uncle Stan has got a plan to make a buck or two, so we sit and wait with our production crew, that's Wendy and Sue. And all the local coterie that keeps coming around Cause you know that's how these crazy kids get down But when the sun goes down it's like a whole new town Mysteries abound And just the place a horse around Awkward sibling hugs For the Wonder Twins wondering What's going on from dusk till dawn And so we run around town It's the kind of adventure So better go and get your dad and your mom What's going on? No big deal The Pacific Northwest is where I'm staying for the summer So go and grab your friends and sing along Come on From now And you can stay in Sweater Town till the sun goes down. But I'm on the SS Cool Dude, cruising around and 
Marty Berry singing disco girl with me. Dipper and Tyrone got a party going on. And I'm there with all my friends when I grab the microphone. The crowd's chanting. Hands are going to the ceiling when I tell them that I'm never gonna start unbelieving. And yes, we mean it. Because we got each other's backs when Gideon's got a book and the plans he tries to hatch. Or when Bobby's on our backs with his skinny jeans. That's when we tell Rumble Mix Kermit she's the one that killed my dad. Side doing this together. No one's metaphors with peckers. So just ignore Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. Nerdy Show is made possible by a comic shop, Nerdapalooza, and the generous support of listeners like you. <laughs> As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by, like, telling a friend and rating and reviewing us on iTunes or making a contribution to our monthly support drives, right? Uh, any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com slash support to chip in, you know? For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos, like articles, and like more, you can head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all our totally tubular Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. <laughs> Yay! 